Welcome to the Lord's Podcast with Will Rowe. Well, a very warm welcome to this month's Lord's Podcast. Joining me today, we have two Ashes winners. I'm joined by former England captain Mike Brearley and 2009 winner Ebony Rainford-Brent. Welcome both. How are you doing? Thank you. As well as can be expected. Thanks. Yeah, loving it. And it's nice and warm, which always helps. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we've got plenty to discuss on the podcast this month, as we're now less than a week away from that first Ashes test of the summer at Cardiff. We'll be hearing from Glenn McGrath, previewing the series and talking captaincy. As well as this, I'll put my guest to the test with the Lord's Podcast Quiz. But first, we've got a few questions from the Twitter sphere. Um, I put these out to get some listeners to um, tweet in. And uh, Mike, we've got the first question for you. Um, this comes from Ashes Fever, so obviously someone that's quite keen on the Ashes. He says, mm-hmm. um, who was the best Aussie bowler in your time? Only one answer, Dennis Lilly. He was a great bowler. He was fast, he swung the ball, he was accurate, uh, he was aggressive, and he never gave up. Fabulous. Um, Richie Walker asks, do you remember your time at Percy Main CC in the 60s and 70s? Um, I do indeed. It was two seasons, two part seasons. I was teaching at Newcastle University, and I played probably 15 or 20 matches, or maybe something like that, for Percy Main. I really enjoyed it. Fantastic. Was it a local club in the Northumberland League? It was in the Northumberland League. Yeah, they were a good club. And it was. They, I liked the cricket up there. Great. It, was, it had a good sense of humour as well. Of course. <laughs> up in the north. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley Watson asks, if you could captain anyone, past or present, mm-hmm. from any country, who would it be? Anyone. I wouldn't mind um, having Gary Sobers in my side, just for starters. Mm-hmm. Um who else would I... I wouldn't mind having Viv Richards there, too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I seem to have gone to West Indians. Dennis Lilly, Michael Holding, um, Ian Botham in his early days when I was lucky enough to have him in the team I was captain. Um, I would love to play with Shane Warne. I mean, I think leg spinning is an art that's so difficult and so it, it, it increases the dimensions of the game. So Shane Warne wouldn't Shane. be bad, would he? Shane want to be quite quite good bowlers mm. having your armory. Uh, Ebony, I'll throw it out to you. Would one player, past or present, that you'd like to captain? It has to week? be Viv Richards for me as well. I just think the way, like, I mean, I'd, obviously, I didn't grow up as much in that era, but just looking back on the videos and the way he carried himself, I would yes. love to have watched him. You, you wouldn't have to captain him really; you just no. let him do his thing and yes. then uh, yes. almost watch from yes. and admire. So yeah, definitely be Viv Richards for me. But you're right. He he used to put. The fear, fear mm. into opposition bowlers from time to time. Mm. And it's just, where would you bowl at him? <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, it's partly where would you bowl at him, but it's also, the, as, as you said, mm. his, the way he carried himself. Mm-hmm. There was a kind of, it was like, this was his stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shane Warne is like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they love it. They thrive They love on it, it, they thrive on it. And they're terrific skill. Yeah, yeah. There's as much in the mind for them as it was. Oh, they had the skill, well, but they also the had the mental. Well, the most important thing. But they also had on top of that this tremendous sort of presence. Mm. Lovely. Next question from Nicholas Sharland. Um, what do you think of the decision to cut the 2019 World Cup to 10 teams? Look, I haven't gone into all the ins and outs of it, but I think it's a depressing decision. That's my view. And the, and the, the difficulty is if you're only going to play one match a day... If you have too many teams, and it's going to go on for weeks and weeks. But it is a depressing decision. The game is, we want to make it expand. We want to give other teams a chance. There are exciting 
prospects around the edges of the, of the top teams in cricket, you know, Ireland, mm. um, um, Afghanistan, UAE. You know, that uh, so it's it's. I, I don't think it can be really right. They should have found some other way. I'm slightly in a different camp are on you that one. Them, yeah, no? reason not not so much. I think I understand going down to ten to ten, and I think best v best for me is is ideal. What I would like to see around it though is more bilateral series. So you like you look at the likes of Afghanistan in the World Cup, um, who had some really good games and some performances. Once every four years is not going to make it for them. They mm. need more exposure. Again, the islands they're showing how well they're they're improving so I'm comfortable with it cutting to 10 being a slightly short tournament and more impactful but to, if you do do that they need more exposure the UAEs the Afghanistans and the islands to more cricket so that they can improve consistently so more cricket more regularly more rather than in just in the one four-year World Cup perhaps both and <laughs> yeah that's maybe actually that's supposed to be the ideal situation isn't it <laughs> let's have a nice compromise um, a final question for you Mike uh, Clayton Beerman says why is such a brilliant captain did you never coach well uh, thanks for the accolade but um, I, mean, I suppose it's because when I stopped playing cricket I had another career that I was already sort of embarking on or beginning to train in which is to be a psychoanalyst, which is like, um, I mean, it's not exactly coaching, but it's got all of that, and it's, it is about everything in life. I mean, one of the drawbacks of cricket, the way it was played in my day, was that we never had any contact with women in life, <laughs> in that part of our life. <laughs> so, I mean, whereas being a psychoanalyst, you can, you, well, I suppose being a because you can coach uh, women and boys and children and men and all, you know, but it would have been an interesting thing to do. But I was already on another path, really. Lovely stuff, um, Ebs. I've got a couple of questions for you from the Twitter sphere. Mm -hmm. um, your uh, colleague Charlie <laughs> Dagnall says, "Where is Grace Road?" Yeah. There must be a backstory to this. There is. This happened earlier this season. So um, I've been doing a Friday night TMS T Twenty show with. Daggers and Henry Moran from BBC and so I'd never been up to Grace, Grace Road before we go up every Friday night so as you do you put in your sat nav or I just typed in Grace Road Leicester uh, meant to be there for I think it was a 5.30 start um, so anyway I'm driving and I'm obviously being a Londoner I'm thinking god I didn't realise Leicester was so out back like found out I was in some place called Peckleton or Peckleston or something like that um, then because there was no signal struggled to get through then when I did get through I couldn't because I was on my phone I couldn't get back in touch with like I couldn't set my sat nav to actually find the ground so I turned up um, into the show like nearly 10 overs in obviously got the evils from daggers um, and he also started the show which I thought was quite interesting saying hi and welcome to the show I'm joined by Ebony Ray from Brent apparently then left a whole space on live radio and they went, nope, she's not here actually, she's somewhere in the middle of nowhere, so it's just a bit embarrassing and he doesn't let me live it down. Fair enough, well, brought it up again. <laughs> um, Paul Halden asks, um, do you think mixed cricket matches are a way of getting more women playing? Mm. It's an interesting question, that one, isn't it? Because you see, at the moment, you, you see a lot of the women who've gone on to play England level are involved in the male academies. I, I played on Surrey Academy with Jade Dernbach's, um, Stuart Meekers, a lot of these guys who've come through now. Definitely develop my game quicker, and I think if you get the right mix and the right combination, I think it's positive for both, um, because you have to bowl in different areas, you have to be able to adjust and adapt to your game. Um, but equally, they are different games. You know, you, 
and I think they need to sometimes grow in their own right. So I like, for example, we talked about the Women's Cricket Super League coming. That needs to grow and build its own audience as well in its own independent way. So I think there's opportunities, um, but equally I do think the games stand in their own right. Can I ask you a question? Mm. Apart from pace, mm -hmm. what's the difference? There isn't that much in the mm. sense of... So women do tend to play squarer because there's le less pace. Um, you know, mm -hmm. guys... I think actually women are more technically correct when you watch them because mm -hmm. they have to be to an extent. Mm -hmm. um, and so because of that, you just find the ball goes in different areas. Your field settings would be, you know, mm -hmm. slightly different. But mm -hmm. ultimately, it is just cricket. Mm -hmm. yes. And and so if you face That's someone... And, yeah, someone's bowling the back of a length, you know, you know mm -hmm. this is what you do, play yeah. bowling it in the corridor... Yeah. Um, so it is just cricket, and I think sometimes it is important to reinforce that, that it is just the same game, really. Well, we're here to discuss the Ashes, and um, let's move on to that now. Um, well, it begins next week. Mm. Um, how do England regain the urn? It's the big question. Well, they need to start off well, don't they? Yeah. And they need a bit of luck. Um, one shouldn't underestimate luck. By the way, I mm. mean, in all in all forms of life, really, you know, you're walking along the street and a and a, and a tile falls off a roof and it lands on your head. That's very unlucky, mm. and and things like that can happen to cricketers. Or, I mean, on the minor scale, I mean, um, or indeed on a major, they can mm. get injured and they can be out of the game. And and uh, I mean, for some reason I can't remember his first name, but Harris looks as if he's not going to be fit for the first yeah, test or two. Right. And he's a he's a key bowler actually. At least he has been over the last three years. Or years. I guess that makes Australia's selection a bit easier for them because mm. they've now got the three seamers of Johnson, uh, Stark oh, and Hazelwood. Yes, sounds like that, right. So they're going to go with those three it looks like. Oh, yeah. We've got the England squad mm. here. It's, it looks like it could be the exact same team that played against New Zealand but they do have Adol Rashid yes. in here and also Stephen Finn's being given a recall. Yes, but I think they'll probably play the same team again, don't yeah. you think? Four seamers and... and um, uh, yeah. It's interesting to see that they that Trevor Bayliss has talked about adding Rashid to the squad, isn't he? I know there's been a bit yes. of sun around and yes. heat, and I don't know the Cardiff wicket that well. But if there is a bit of turn, it would be interesting if he does. I guess that would be looking to potentially pull out Wood, maybe as as that if you were going to bring him in. Um, the other option as well, which I have been thinking about, is the fact that Joe Root does bowl a bit of spin. Adam Live does. So yeah. if you want your off-spin option and an additional spinner... You might pick... Yeah, Rashid. but there's a bit of a risk with him. Yes, there is. There is a little bit of a risk. Yes. I think there's some excitement, but there's some risk. I don't. Would you go for for your first test? Well, yes, I'd be, I'd be a bit nervous, I yeah. think. Yeah. I, I, I quite like the look of Rashid in the one-day matches. I saw mm -hmm. bits of the play. And he seemed to be have a bit more sort of um, fizz on the ball than when I saw mm. him a while ago. A little bit more, uh, sort of, the ball bounced more, which looked good to me. That mm. was good. Um, and it's obvious that they missed a trick in Barbados that yeah, they didn't play. Didn't there. give them some time. It would have been where they should have had two spinners, mm -hmm. and um, you know it would have been slightly less of a, of a, a gamble. A gamble. Yeah. Exactly. So. I mean, I think Australia Australia got the better bowling. Yeah. I mean, I think there's no doubt about that, unless the ball really swings a lot. And even then, we've probably only got one frontline swing bowler, though mm. he's the best in the world when the ball swings, I would say, Jimmy Anderson. But um, we haven't got the same firepower as them, and we haven't got the same... I don't think we've quite got the same class. So, but so, but nevertheless, you know, there's not that much difference. 
And Australia haven't won in England since 2001. Yes. That hasn't been talked about that much. No. It must Good play point. on the mm. players' minds. It must. And, and, and it, it is a different game here. I mean, mm. the, the pitches are less hard. It doesn't mean to say they're necessarily always fast in Australia, but they're bone hard, mm. even if they're not that quick. Mm. And here there's a little bit of giving them sometimes. There's a little bit of slowness, softness. Sometimes they get a, bit, a little bit dusty. Um, not quite dusty, but mm. looser. Yeah. So I think the, you know, the pitches will probably be very good for batting on the whole. And I'd like to come on to a question that came in for you, Mike, on Twitter. And it was, it's about the two captains, slightly mm. contrasting in styles. You've got Michael Clark and Alistair Cook. Um, how do you compare those two as individuals? I have surprisingly... I'm sort of, well, I, think, I don't know whether it's surprising or not. But anyway, I'm not very clear. I don't have a very clear image of Michael Clark as a captain or as a person. I think he's... He's, he, he, he comes across well in talking about the game. He's upfront, he's straightforward, he's optimistic, he's, um, he's friendly mm. and, and um, intelligent about the game. And I've, I've no doubt he brings all those qualities plus the hardness that Australians can have to the, to the test matches. Um, uh, Alistair Cook, I think, has got some v many very good qualities as a captain. He's very conscientious. He's very thoughtful. He's a very decent man. I think he's fair-minded with the players. He's very uh, determined, as, you, as we've seen by his, his stubborn determination to keep going under mm. all that pressure last year. And he's an absolutely amazing player, really. And, you know, he's got more centuries at his age than anyone's ever had, I mm. think. It's an interesting one for me with the two captains, because I think if you separate out their playing ability. I think Cook's in brilliant form at the moment. Yes. We've seen him come through this summer. And when he's at his best, you know, he's up there, league running, scoring out. But the other side of it is Cook, not Cook, sorry, Clark always seems to be slightly, one of those captains who are slightly ahead of the game, reading the game, calling it a bit quicker. Cook sometimes seems a bit more responsive. Um, or less responsive. Yeah, less responsive. <laughs> sorry, yeah, that's the right way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just think with the game moving at the pace, I mean, there were some positives in the New Zealand series. Yes. Um, and I don't know how quick the likes of a coach like Trevor Bayliss could have in implementing that. But I just that's my only nervousness with those two is the just the rate at which they respond or are proactive. I mean it is more difficult for a captain these days because they don't get any experience of captaining anywhere else except in test matches yeah, or that's a good point. which is true for as to cook. It may be true for Michael Clark too, but I don't even know that enough mm. of his history. But um yeah, I would agree with mm. you, Ebony. Mm. I mean he's not he doesn't strike me as a person who has um natural flair as a captain mm. and that's partly what you're saying he doesn't mm. does he read it in advance does he have a sense of how you should go next and i don't always think he does i think he's got better mm -hmm. and mm. i think he could get much better still he could be an entering into his good phase i think it's it's good that english cricket at the moment and for the ashes is is on a bit of a high after the mm. series against new zealand and the one day matches as mm. well so do you think as a, as a captain, Cook is sort of still learning his trade of how yes. to be a captain? I do think that, yes. Yeah. But yeah. Do you, sorry, I'm just out of interest because I'm just... Do you think there's room to... Do you think there's natural captains, like someone who's born a tactician, and, well, or do you think it's an application? Or It's a bit of each, isn't it? Of, I mean, yeah. you have to have some qualities, both personally, which I think he's got. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you have to have... People have to want to follow yeah, the things him. you do more or less. They want to feed into what you ask them to do. And mm -hmm. They want to argue and debate if you invite them to do so. Mm -hmm. So there's a, 
There's a lot of man management or person mm-hmm. management, obviously. But there's also a, a, a fascination with tactics mm-hmm. and a curiosity about the game and a will, a, an, an ability to read other batsmen as to where, where they wouldn't like you to bowl. And is that a gut instinct there? That's well, it's, it's both. I mean, there's something that you, you grow up in the game. Mm. Do you have that as an interest? Yeah. As well as your own first order skill? Yeah. And some people have it more than others, yeah. which may be natural. It may be that that's the way you're the educated into the game. Yeah, that's true. So, and, and then I think you can learn or not learn. And mm. Some people can grow grey <laughs> in the service of the game and learn nothing. But others can learn as they go along mm. and really learn. Mm. So it's, okay. it varies a lot, yeah. I think. Well, in just a moment's time, we're going to be talking specifically about captaincy, so we'll we'll come back to that. Um, I'm also going to get you to make a prediction, but first we're going to hear from Glenn McGrath, a man who's not afraid of making predictions. He's already said it's going to be a 5-0 whitewash to the Aussies. No surprise there, really. Um, And the former Australian bowler um, also believes that England strike bowler James Anderson has a weakness. Um, Let's have a listen to what McGrath said. I think there's still enough... uh enough concerns within the England team for them to be worried. Uh, Jimmy Anderson's a guy who I just I think is going to be a huge key. He has to bowl well if England have any chance at all. Uh, he, can, he bowls well in English conditions with a duke ball. If it's swinging, he's as good as anyone going around. If it's not swinging, he doesn't seem to know what to do, which surprises me a lot. So I think for England to have any chance at all to compete, I think he has to play a big part. Glenn McGrath there. Um... Does he have a point? It's quite strong words for a moment. He doesn't seem to know what to do. This is a man that's taken mm. over 400 test yeah. wickets now. Is that McGrath just playing a bit of sort of gamesmanship? You know, <laughs> I think I think it's a I think it's an interesting comment. I think um, I think it depends when you look. You look back at the West Indies series, and there was times where when the ball, like I say, wasn't swinging, uh, they were struggling to get anyone wicket. And you're looking almost who other than Jimmy is going to mm. take a wicket yeah. here. And there were those times when you throw it to your spinner, in Ali. There's no wickets there. And so when you see times like that, and like you say, the ball's not swinging, and if the others aren't... Sometimes you can struggle to find wickets out out of the other bowlers. So then, if the ball doesn't swing, there is an issue. I disagree that he doesn't know what to do, but equally, he's not as penetrating. Whereas you think of a Johnson, even if the ball's not swinging, the pace that he's got and the bounce that he's got, he can still find creative ways to really get batsman out so I do think there's part of here that that's the Aussie mentality I heard Brad had in, had in, in, in an interview today almost just saying that he's surprised England are so excited just by that one series from New Zealand he was almost saying he thinks England are getting a bit carried away with their success almost so I think that's a bit of the Aussie fight talk in there but I do think there potentially could be exposed if there isn't any swing yes I, I, I agree with you mm. uh, I mean, he did say that he's the best bowler in the world if the ball does swing. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. not a bad start. <laughs> <is it? laughs> he's bad got the new ball. That's going to swing for a while. Yeah. And, and then sometimes it swings for a long time mm. in England. Mm. So, you know, that's a start. And 400 wickets is, test matches is a start too. Mm. So he can't be that bad, <laughs> can he? not too bad. No. But I, I, I do. I, I, he has a point that he can, if, when, when the pitch is um, a couple of days old and it's, the sun's out mm. and, and it's a bit brown, he does look... More like a, a containing bowler than yeah. a wicket-taking bowler. Um, I, t- I, um, what, I can't remember his first name. Wood. What's his first oh, name? Mark Wood. Mark yeah. Wood. He's got a bit of something. He's about got a bit him. about him, hasn't he? I'm talking yeah. about wicket-takers. Mm. I mean, uh, he hits the. He bowls at a good pace, mm. and he he's got a good attitude. He seems to run in directly and yeah. and and go at the. You know, he doesn't waste any words or anything. He just gets on with it. But he 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 bowls at the. Mm. He puts the batsman under pressure. I think he's got. I, I like the look of him. Mm. 
is um, uh, while we're talking about yeah. the England attack. Is there a value in the fact that Wood hasn't played that much Test cricket at the Aussies, even in a in an era with so much TV footage? They still don't really know him that well, whereas uh, someone like I'm Anderson sure. and Broad. I, I'm not sure that makes. I'm not sure that will make so much difference. As you say, there'll be lots of footage, and if you bat against him for half an hour or something, and you don't, it doesn't get you out. Mm, you've got a bit you've of got a sense of how he's coming at you, and it isn't that he's got a lot of surprise balls or anything. It's just that he's. He bowls a certain way that looks challenging and aggressive to me. He looks to, to pitch it up to me, which is what I like. And so he'll get a bit of swing out and get a bit a of little cut bit of, the, And if it moves, seam. it might find the edge and beat, yeah. the, beat the bat. Yeah, I, I agree think you can't you. go wrong sometimes by just at least getting it up there. And I think that's what he does. He runs in yes, hard. Yes, I think in England have bowled a little bit short, mm. given the type of bowling they've had. Mm. I think that also the thing about the New Zealand series is not so much whether we've changed as a, a technically or anything. It's something to do with the attitude yeah. and, and trusting, and, and with a new coach who seems, by all accounts, to have this attitude, to encourage people to relax a bit, to mm. play the way they play in county cricket or other cricket as much as they can. Of course, you're not allowed to play <laughs> like that, that, because the other side are rather better. But, <laughs> but you know, they have that attitude. And um, to go in with some confidence and to give the he their heads to people like Joe Root, um, um, <laughs> I can't think of anyone's name now, Stokes, ba um, mm. Butler, mm. Moeen Ali, you know, they're aggressive players. They're, Adam Lythe, he plays his shots too. So, you know, it could well be that if they, if they start reasonably well and they get a bit of good feeling. Mm. But as for results, I don't think it'll be 5-0. I think it. I think there might be some draws too, especially if the weather stays hot. Because, you know, I think there's. Uh, they, they might find it difficult to take wickets. I think about Johnson. You mentioned mm. his, his sheer pace and his hostility, which is absolutely right. But he is one of the, another of those bowlers that has to just get it right. Yeah. yeah he yeah. can bowl brilliantly, mm. and tr you know you'd love yeah. to have him on your side. <laughs> but he can also bowl. <laughs> moderate, modestly, yeah, yeah. moderate for a great, for a fair wild fine as well. <laughs> what? Wild sometimes. Wild. I mean, his, his action is not a classical action. No. There's a small margin for error. If he gets it right, terrific bowler. Mm. And the Aussies have also got Mitchell Stark, yeah. who's got yeah. a bit more of a conventional. He's got accent. a better action. He's a bit taller. He swings the ball at pace. Yeah, it looks a big danger. You could almost say that Hazelwood and um, Stark almost outbowled Johnson in that last series against West Indies, which puts a bit of pressure. And I know that obviously in the, what's interesting to watch actually is how Australia are managing their bowlers at the moment. Johnson, uh, Johnson obviously bowled in the first game against Kent, picked up five wickets, which was good enough, and they've rested him. So mm -hmm. they obviously still see him as the main man. Oh, and yes. I think mentally, yes. even if he was slightly off, yes. you would still just go. Oh. We're putting him in. Yes, absolutely. What's amazing for Australia is that they have that Stark. Hazelwood, and they've got the likes of Siddle and Harris as, as their supposed, yes. you know, not firemen, but... Yes, I mean, Siddle's so always a very reliable bowler, mm. isn't he? He's not quite so penetrative as some mm. of the others, but he's... He's a workhorse. He's a workhorse, he'll bowl all day for you, yeah. and they know you know, you know what you're going to get. You do. I don't know if you ever saw, there was a clip of he was ill, like, um, I don't know, this might have been a few years back. He had some sort of sickness, and he could, he was exhausted. Like he couldn't, mm. he was throwing up and all sorts. And literally, he was walking back to his mark. They were helping him back to his mark. Yeah, and then he ran. In but he'd bowl. get in and run in as hard as anybody, and yeah. then afterwards be like that, and they'd help. Really? And I was just like, I've no, never, never seen. seen that, no. Yeah, it's incredible. Like he is a, a workhorse and a half. So they've got a lot in the bowling options yes. that are tested yes. as well. True Aussie grit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, another, another key bowler, another key department is going to be spin. Mm. If somebody gets after Moeen Ali as the England bowlers are going to get tired 
Uh, but it, on the other hand as well, I think he's a good bowler, Lyon. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I like watching him bowl. He bowled very well at Peterson the last series. And he, he, he's a fine bowler. But, you know, on, on good pitches, they ought to be able to play mm. him and maybe get after him a little bit and, and put right. some pressure back onto the Australian fast bowlers having to bowl more overs, you know. So it's a long game. Mm. These are long games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a Will the Aussies target uh, Moen Ali? I think they will. I think so too, but that just made work to his advantage. I mean, the Indians did too, and he look look what he did last year against, mm. the, against the Indians. Mm. I mean, I think what I thought happened with Moinali was that he went out to the West Indies, and he wasn't he hadn't been fit. Mm -hmm. He was straight into the Test team, and what's more, on pitches where England relied on him to take the wickets, mm. whereas last year against India, although there was a bit of turn, the wickets were shared around. So he was one of four who are going to take five, four mm. or five who are going to take the wickets. Yeah. I think the responsibility probably weighed a bit heavily on him in the West Indies yeah. when he was not really fully fit or mat or bowling fit. The danger about targeting, though, if you look at the lineups of the two, I think Australia, obviously they start with Warner yes. and they're coming in, but they, the guys who can target and go quite aggressive, you've got Clarks, you've got your Haddins, their batters are known to tar like yes. go aggressive all the way through. Whereas the English lineup, yes, you've got Cook, You've got Bell, you've got Balance, you've got Live. They're not necessarily, you wouldn't look back and go, I remember that innings, apart from Stokes and then down the line. You wouldn't say any of that lineup have really targeted and gone aggressive. Whereas I've seen many Aussie innings where Warner's gone crazy. I've seen Michael Clark go for a bit. So I just think, in terms of targeting, there's enough spread out through their batting lineup that are the sorts that can attack. And so if it's not just one, it could be another batter coming at you. And that's yes. the danger. I think there's another problem for England is that, is it seven of the probable team are left-handers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and obviously there'll be a bit more rough outside the left-handers mm. off stump and um, Lyons is a good bowler. So I think that, you know, he, he'll look forward to the series too. Yeah. I think they should adjust the lineup. I know that they've been putting balance in at three at the moment. But Who should they put there? So I think they should shift Bell up one because then you've got Live and Cook left handers. Yes. Then you break it up with a right hander. And then and then and then Balance, who has been having a few technical issues. Yes, we he saw has. his foot movement. Yeah, yeah. So you shift yeah. in one. He, he if he's in form enough, he will move yeah. around. He'll score runs. And supposing Bell, who's beautiful, like to supposing, watch. Supposing Bell tells you he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's it's too bad. He, yeah, he's too bad. He's he's such a workhorse. I mean, he's been brilliant. You know, he's got the experience. He's technically. I think most of them are the best English batsmen. Well, he did score three test hundreds against yeah. them in the series, the last yeah. series here. Yeah. And I just think it would break up the left-handers, and he is... Bellis. I don't think it'll happen to start. No, he's, he's going to refuse. <laughs> I don't know, I haven't... This, I, this is purely speculation. Yeah. <laughs> but whose choice would that be? Surely if the captain says and the man And the coach. You, you, you're batting oh, at three. yes, of course. You've got to be in charge. I mean... Now it's not quite so clear whether it's the coach or the captain, but mm. between you've got to be in charge, and you decide. But you hope to get people on your on side with the idea mm. whenever mm. possible. Did you ever have players that were disgruntled maybe when you changed the order? <laughs> <laughs> I say, did you? There must have been occasions. Uh, I'm sure there were. I mean, nothing just in immediately leaps to mind. Actually, one of the things that I think uh, T20 and One Day uh, Cricket have encouraged or should have encouraged is that people are more flexible about the batting mm, order. Mm. You know, that you, you sometimes have people coming in after 10 overs in one day, in T20 cricket or you have a changing battering order depending on who's out, who of your openers is out, mm -hmm. you know, to come in number three. And I think there needs to be 
people need to be less sort of um, superstitious, yeah. stroke, committed to one place. And be a bit more flexible. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to. I mean, bowlers don't get to choose their ends. Mm, true. And they don't true. get to choose when they bowl. Somebody else tells them. Yeah, you're on, you're off, yeah. Yeah. So I think batsmen have to learn that too. Mm. So if it's best for the side, and you do it. You do it, and you should be, and if necessary, you're told to do it. Uh, I can see there's a look in your face. I've told <laughs> a few people, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Sometimes I didn't well enough as well. <laughs> um, Ebony, just to finish on on, on this point, we, we've kind of gone away from it, but what's your Ashes prediction? Yeah, I think there's going to be a couple of draws. I think Australia are going to 2-1. I, I think they're better overall as a side. I think they're a bit more balanced. Um, I think they come into this with a bit more history, of the, whereas England, yes, there's a bit of a momentum. I just think over a five-match series. So my call is 2-1 with a couple of draws in there to so, Australia. So you don't think Dad's army is going to <laughs> pay the <laughs> well, price? <laughs> I thought it was an interesting comment, that. I do love that analogy. <laughs> so I. I mean, was it like 10 of them are over 30? But then saying yeah. that, Australians don't... This is, I was thinking about this. I'm sure that over my knowledge of the game, they tend to, uh, to cap people a little bit later anyway. Like do they? You always hear of Australian batters coming in at 28, 29. You know, we've had a lot of cooks in... Um, I'm trying to think of this. Ex- let me have a look down this list of examples. Maybe not, but it would have no. helped if I put the ages on there, wouldn't it? It would, but yeah. Well, I can tell you most of these guys. But uh, Chris Rogers was a certainly a case. Yeah, point, they've definitely it? over the years had batters who have come in. Adam Voges is 35, yeah. and he didn't yeah. come in for the last that's few right, years. That's true. So I, I do think they're more comfortable with their players coming in. I'm not sure that's their tradition. Though. Do you not think? I'm not sure. I've seen uh, over the years. Sure. I've just seen a lot of guys that I thought they've come in at quite late, 28, 29, 30, which. You know, you look at Cooks. A lot of the good ones have come in at 20. 20 they, yeah. um, Smith, what about Smith? Smith? He yeah, came he's, in pretty young. Uh, uh, Michael Clark, pretty young. Mm. Um, I don't know about the others. I don't I don't know them all, actually, yeah. some of them. Talking about... Bef- that's David Warner, he was quite young, wasn't he? Yeah, most probably, that's true. Yeah. Talking about Smith, though, he's someone that y- you can't not talk about when it comes to the Ashes. I mean, yeah. he, uh, when I first saw him as a cricketer years ago, I don't know. I didn't think he was gonna. I thought he just looked a bit sort of ungainly. He was a bit all over the place. The way he's converted and turned into this incredible cricketer at the moment, and he's scoring runs left, right, and centre. He's gone to the top of the Test rankings. It's yeah. no, he's, he's dangerous. He's he really dangerous. dangerous. I don't think he ever looked. I don't remember him look, to me looking ungainly, but he looked a little a bit, bit loose. Yeah, lose, yeah. But he, but he is a... I mean, I think people... It's a good thing to start off a bit loose and have all the strokes and then, <laughs> then tighten up as you go, yeah, yeah. get older. Yeah, that's true, actually, rather than start with nothing. <laughs> You'll take exactly. it, you? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and just briefly now, I'd like to just ask about the Women's mm, Ashes series. A yeah. um, bit more positive. Mm. The England women have the urn. Mm. Um, Ebony, they're going to keep it. Please I think they us. will. I do think they will. I think it's going to be tighter than we've seen. So, you know, for those who have been following, there's a new format with the sort of points for test matches, T20s and, and ODIs. I think the difference here, whereas if you looked at the last two point system, uh, England have won the test, which has given them six points, but then struggled actually in the one day sort of shorter mm-hmm. format. By now then reducing the test points to four. Oh, so it's kind of, it keeps mm-hmm. the whole tournament in the balance. And just because Australia, I mean, they're, T20 champions, they're 50 over champions. Yeah. I just think they've got a little bit more edge. Mm. Equally, they're at home. So I think mm. it's almost going to mm. be like neck at neck. Mm-hmm. But I do think England at home will just sneak over the line. So it's going to be a good series. Two good series. It yeah. is, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited yeah, about this I am summer. too. Yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> um, to finish off on the podcast, um, I'd like to talk about captaincy. Uh, Mike, 
It's the uh, 30-year anniversary of your book, um, The Art of Captain Sea. Uh, it's the third edition, I believe. That's right. Um, I've got quite a provoking question to, to start with, which comes in from Simon Brewster on Twitter. He says, The Art of Captain Sea was inspirational to so many aspiring captains. Is it still relevant in the modern game? The basics of the, of the game are still exactly the same. You've still got a ball the same size. You've got bats... Bats are a bit bigger, <laughs> but they're basically the same. They're not, they're not bigger in dimensions, you know, in height and width. And the pitch is the same, roughly. It's probably slightly better for batting these days in a, as, a regular, mm. as a rule. Um, the outfields are a bit faster. Um, the boundaries are a bit shorter. But people can now do bowl, reverse swing. I mean, I think that the basics of the game are the mm. same, especially the longer game, like test matches, but county matches for that matter. But you've still got the same, well, the word is basic again, elements of getting the best out of a bunch of people, turning them into a team, and individually and as a group, getting the best out of them, and tactically, which you still, it's still a game that's played largely in the mind. It's a game that's wonderful in that way, partly because it's slow enough to go on for a long time, mm -hmm. so you can build up pressure, you can try different things, you have to try different things. So I think that basically it's the same thing. I mean, in the, many of the things that you have to be able to do um, apply beyond cricket as well, beyond sport. And a question that I know you've been asked many a time, you know, what do you make a good captain? And is there such a thing as a stereotypical captain or is it no, there it, various forms of it? Yes, I mean, and one of the things of being a good captain is you have to learn to do it in your own way. That doesn't mean being stubborn or narrow. You have to learn from other people, but you have to do it in your own style. I mean, some people would be extrovert. Tony Gregg was an extrovert. Everyone looked at him on the field. He had a sort of charisma. He was a very good captain in other ways as well, but he had, that was his personality. It would have been ridiculous for me to try and do things like Tony Gregg. You know, it just was different. Um, so I think there isn't a stereotype. stereotype. And Ebony, I'd like to bring mm. you in, because you've played under England's women's mm. finest captain, Charlotte Edwards. Mm -hmm. um, wh what was she like? What she Well, when you played with her, what yeah. was she like as a captain? She's, she's the most incredible, one of the most incredible cricketers I've seen full stop. I think it's her single-mindedness um, about being clear about what you're trying to achieve. Um, there's such a clarity. She would, She's the sort of person, I mean, she'd go to sleep thinking tactics, she'd wake up, but, you know, she, if, if we weren't playing and we had a day off, she'd be watching the game on the TV talking tactics. She loved it and lived it and breathed it. But I think also she delivered as well with the bat. And so, you know, what, whatever she spoke about, I think I looked up to her because when you saw her go out, she delivered what she talked about. You know, she talked about, we need to rotate the field she'll show you how to do that as a captain um, and you know I you know I had a stage actually as a Surrey captain and I found it quite hard I don't think I was a natural captain um, tactically I don't think I was quite there I was good with people but I actually had to dig your book out that's why it was really good <laughs> I've got that exact version on my bookshelf just to kind of I don't sometimes think people realize how how much of a responsibility it is um, mm -hmm. you're constantly having to think you have to think about people dynamics um, and those sorts of things and so the best captains I, I mean I don't think you might you, you I don't know how you guys sleep like I only did it for a few years and you, to think about all the logistics of getting your team right the, the pitch conditions keeping your own game in check it, it is a it's a big responsibility and so I really respect captains who are able to lead and lead from the front not just sort of on the pitch but off it and, and create those dynamics 
And for someone like Charlotte Edwards, mm. I remember speaking to her recently and she was telling me when she started out, she had to uh, still buy her own blazer, you know, mm. she had to, it, for the women's game, because it's only just become professional, mm. she had all those other things going on. I mean, there's the kind of the weight and the pressure on her, um, mm. that must be huge, really. I think, I think for her, one thing that's quite interesting, actually, I think she always had a sense of gratitude about her in the terms of the game. She loved it, she... I think she was excited by the evol- uh, like how things evolve. I think some people handled the pressure of becoming more professional and, and those sort of things and, and struggled with it. I think she always just felt like almost indebted to the game for what it's given her and the opportunities. Mm. And because mm. of that, her attitude was mm. always about being open, being excited and learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you do sense that sometimes with cricketers. Some who, mm. when the pressure's on, start to complain and struggle. Mm-hmm. Or someone like her who, mm. she's like, I'm, I'm glad to be playing this. And yeah. so therefore, do you, do you know? I agree. And, uh, and willingness to learn too. Yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. important. And, you know, talking to people, actually mm-hmm. listening. I used to always listen to Ray Illingworth, who was yeah. a great tactician. And, you know, I learn things every time I listen to him. Yeah. I had to buy him a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Got to pay your dues. <laughs> so, yeah, those qualities, are, are yeah. I think, are really important. I think that's something she has. I think this, it's almost like an eternal youthfulness about an excitement yes. about the game. Um, that sort of energy. and uh, Well, it is. It's, actually, you go on learning through life. Yeah. I mean, until yeah. you're very old, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing I'd like to ask about captaincy is... So from the outside looking in as a fan, um, one thing that all good or great captains seem to have in common, whether they feel it inside or not, is a, is a calmness on the field, you know, in the most intense situations. At well, least they give off a calmness, mm. they may not have it. No, but. I think that's, that's correct. I mean, the latter description, you, you, have to, you have to find a space in yourself which is relatively calm. Because you don't feel calm, you mm. feel from time to time you feel anxious, you feel head up, you feel pressured from this side. And your bowler you've just taken off after two overs, <laughs> the crowd out having a go at you, the umpires telling you you have to do something or other, the batsmen are strutting around and smashing. It. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all happening. You haven't scored any runs yourself. You've dropped a catch. It's not easy, mm. and and you have to keep not only the calmness but the energy. Mm. So, so sometimes you can feel not like going out there at all, mm-hmm. but you have to. And you have to then stand up and, you know, be involved. Uh, and the other thing I'd like to ask is... But it's very enjoyable. It's very <laughs> <laughs> you have to add that in there. <laughs> you have to keep smiling. You have to enjoy it. Um, which you touched upon earlier in the podcast, Mike, was luck. Um, yes. There, where yeah. do, I mean, you're saying luck plays a huge part, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, obviously... If you're a very, very fine batsman, over a period of time, the luck will even out. But the question is, when does the bad luck come in? Mm. If it comes in in your first two test matches, and you're given out LBW when you've got a thick edge, or, mm. or you've got a lifter that just touches the glove, and you, you only make one mistake. And so after you've had four innings, you've only scored 20 runs, mm. and you get dropped. You know, that's bad luck. You, somebody else comes in and gets dropped on three and scores 100, and, you know, this bowling's not that good, and... Etc. So there's a huge amount of luck for the individual, and the same is true for the side. Now, I would still say that a good captain makes more of a difference to a side over a period of time than a, a, a moderate captain. And, you know, and so it's true of captaincy that that skill and class come through. But they again, you you have to have the luck that it comes through at the right moment. And you know, for example, in 1981, which people are incredibly lucky that we won those three Test matches. I mean, for Australia to be all out for 111, mm. needing 129, 
was a freak. And, and it could easily have gone the other way, or they could have won by one wicket even. Mm. They could have won by 10 wickets, but they could have won by one wicket. And in the next match, they wanted 150. And they and both, both, Ian Burton took five for one on a pitch <laughs> that was dead slow. Wow. And flat. I mean, he just ran up and bowled fast and straight as he could. And he kept getting people up. So, so there's a huge amount of luck. And I think before that game, you almost dropped Bob Willis, or you yes, did. Yes, we, and then we almost dropped up. him. And we thought he wasn't fit. And, and we hadn't properly found out, which is a shocking thing. But anyway, he <laughs> said he was fit. And we, we made him play in the second team match, you know, just before to make sure he was fit, because mm -hmm. he hadn't been. Mm -hmm. And he had a bad chest infection, and he wasn't bowling at his best until that second inning, <laughs> eight for 43. Yeah. So, yes, there's a lot of luck. And the other thing which with a lot of people have been talking about recently is, you know, Captains like Brendan McCullum, they always go on the attack and uh, they get a lot of plaudits, especially in the media, whereas a captain like Alistair Cook is seen as defensive. Sometimes can captains over-attack and can that be detrimental to the side? Yeah. I mean, the whole art of it, and it is an art rather than a science, is to balance those things up. And But I think my own opinion is, for what it's worth, that in international cricket until recently, until Brendan McCullum... McCullum and um, perhaps uh, Alistair Cook in the last test. It, and, and also I'd exempt um, Michael Vaughan from this. Um, I think the captaincy's been on the defensive side, in, mm. in the field. And although batsmen do hit the ball harder and they play more shots, so you do need probably the odd extra fielder deep, I, I, I think we don't try and get people out enough. You know, mm. And McCullum has brought that back in. Now, of course you can go the other way. It's a, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's interesting in that last um, test match, well, the one where New Zealand won, and obviously I think Alistair Cook was trying to match it by saying, let's go for it, let's go for it. Um, and, and I think that's a, that was a balancing act of obviously they, they wanted to be positive. I think Joe Root came out the night before saying, yep, yeah, we're going for 400. the 400. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone's bowled yeah. out and you think, yeah. no. And, and maybe that's where you talk about an art that might have been, okay, why don't we just see where we are after session one, session two, yeah. balance it out and then... But I think that was uh, maybe trying to be in the new era. I think it, I think that you, in a way, they're in a learn in they're learning in that direction. Mm. And you, if you make slight errors, yeah, don't let's be hard on it. It's true, it's, true. it's getting it's more important that the attitude is positive. It's in the right direction. So it's in the right direction. Yeah. I think from where we were. Yeah, I do think um, Brendan McCullum as well, who is the leader in this area. Yes. But even him and his his own game, there's times where he faces criticism. Yes. From keeping going doesn't he and he's, but I, I have to say I respect him for, so do I. he hasn't ever stopped continuing in the direction yeah. and, and it is pulling New Zealand in a different I mean direction. I also respect him as, as indeed I respect the um, the All Blacks mm. for their kind of willingness to learn and their mm. humility about the game you know that they're not going to brag and shout and mm. slag and you know all the rest of it <laughs> and they the often ashes. give they often give the opposition a lot of credit after a match, whether mm. they've won or lost. Mm. And they uh, speak as if they know that life is an uneven thing and yeah. they're sometimes not going to win. Yeah, you know, they were brilliant this season. They've been very good. And it seems to, some of it seems to have rubbed off on England and that's all for the good too. Yeah, 100%. I think the public have enjoyed it. and it's Absolutely. That, and it's that thing of being prepared to lose, to win. You've got to sort of take the risk now yes. and again. It's hard to do that in a test match. You've been, you played for four days, mm. you've struggled, you've fought, you've battled, and you, you, it does go against the grain to give it away. 
I mean, we once set India at 439 to win, and they were about 380 for four with plenty of time oh, left. Wow. They ended up eight runs short with eight. Oh, time. you're joking. <laughs> the Oval. Oh, that's brilliant. What Your a game. home ground. Yeah, hometown. That was a brilliant game, man. Yeah, it was a great game. Who took the wickets? Well, we didn't have many bowlers. I think because they were injured. And mm. Bob Willis was injured and so was Mike Hendricks. So we had poor old Boss bowled about 45 overs. <laughs> John Embry bowled about 45 overs. And Philip Edmonds bowled about oh. 45 overs. Wow. I don't know how many wickets they each got. But, they each yeah, got but it's a couple. Okay. That yeah. sounds interesting. Well, it'd be lovely to talk cricket all night, but there's actually a, yes. uh, a Middlesex T20 match about to kick off. Um, we'll just finish with the podcast quiz and then uh, then we'll wrap up. So... Um, if you haven't played it before, basically, I'll name you a cricketer and a non-cricketer. All you have to do is tell me who is older, and you're going up against each other, so no conferring. <laughs> so it's um, Mike versus Ebony. Uh, Ebony, you can go first. Okay. Um, who is older, Ian Botham or the actor George Clooney? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna say Botham. I'm going to say both of them. Mike? Well, I'm going to say both of them, though I think it's a trick question. <laughs> that, is a good, that is a really good one, by the way. They've, they've done well yes. there. You're both correct. Hey! Yes, you're both. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good uh, five years older. So one all after one. Um, Mike, you can go first on this one. Who's older, Dennis Lilly or Oscar-winning actress Helen Mirren? Uh, who's older? Yes. Helen Mirren. Very confident. I'm just going to go the other way, really. I'm going to go the opposite. Well, at least we've got to, <laughs> got to, we've got to get a game going on here. It is Helen Mirren. She is old indeed. <laughs> so, Mike, you take, a, you take a 2-1 lead. Um, who is, How long is this series? It's a five-match series. <laughs> this is a proper test. <laughs> this, this is it. You don't want to give it away. Um, Ebony, you can go first on this one. It's uh, Ebony Rainford-Brent, yourself, or uh, pop star Katy Perry. Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to say I'm older. Well, I'll say the other way around because I haven't a clue. I don't think you might say that. As well. um, Ebony, you're correct. You are indeed <laughs> one year older. One year. I knew it was close. But I'll be a gentleman. I'll, 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 I'll get a CD for you. I'll get you as her okay. album. <laughs> this is great. It's a, a two to play and it's two all. Um, uh, Mike, Stuart Broad or Wayne Rooney? Who's older? Mm, good question. Mm. I should think Stuart Broad's older, but I'm not sure. That is a g- I'm going to go Wayne Rooney. I'm going to take a little risk. It is indeed Wayne Rooney. Oh, oh <laughs> By a matter of months. Oh, really? There's not much yeah. in it. And just to finish, so it's 3-2 to Ebony, going into the final one. Um, Ebony, you can go first. Who is older, Mike Brearley or Brazilian World Cup winner Pele? That's a good question. But obviously, looking at you right now, you look... Young and fresh. Yeah, yeah, so thanks. I'm going to say Pele is older. Yeah, well, I am too. Boosting <laughs> 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 yourself, it's like, I, mean, I look lovely. <laughs> so you're not... So Mike, so, you, you sorry, surrendered the I, chance of winning there. Well, I have, but I've surrendered the chance of an outrageous loss. <laughs> <laughs> you're That's both right. right. Pele yeah. is indeed older yeah. hey. by a year. So there I we knew go. that, I could tell. I so 4-3 <laughs> so to Ebony. Well um, done, Ebony. Thank you. Well played. Well played, well played. Good game, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, um, both, many thank you for coming on this evening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yes, very enjoyable. Thank you very much. Good fun. Thanks, Will. Really appreciate it. Great stuff. Well, many thanks for tuning in all. We'll be back next month with more cricketing stories from Lords. So remember to follow us on Twitter, our handles at Home of Cricket. Be our friend on Facebook. And for all the latest news from Lords, just go to lords.org. See you soon.